I've been reading a book that implies that Charles Darwin was an atheist. Well, I've been reading a book that says Darwin wasn't an atheist. Let's see what we can figure out. Take an interesting scientific fact, add a unique perspective, and you have a formula for an interesting discussion. A student and a professor are the catalysts for these next few minutes as we present Truth in the Test Tube. On our previous programme, we began discussing a book that points out some of the places where a best-selling author either makes mistakes or tells deliberate untruths. British educator Roger Steer addresses his book to Richard Dawkins, an atheistic professor on the faculty of Oxford University in England. Dawkins has written several books claiming science leads a person to atheism. His titles include The Blind Watchmaker, Why the Evidence of Evolution Reveals a Universe Without Design, and The God Delusion. Steer says that Dawkins wrongly implies that Darwin was an atheist. Dawkins also gives the impression that scientific knowledge influences a person to be an atheist. Steer begins chapter 2 of his book, Letter to an Influential Atheist, by summarising that Darwin's discovery was not the mystery of our existence. He says it was the more modest origin of species. He continues, I think we can agree that a species is a group a population of organisms that interbreed with each other, but not with other organisms. And he continues, Why is there a variety of life on Earth with very many different species? In the early 19th century, most people who reflected on these things thought of species as in some way, especially and separately, created by God. And one of the first to use the word mystery when speaking of the origin of species was Darwin, who called it the mystery of mysteries. Those don't sound like the words of someone who thought he had all the answers. That's right. Darwin didn't think evolution was an explanation for everything. For example, as some thinkers speculated that society was also evolving, so that the world would inevitably become better. Darwin disagreed, emphasising that his theory was merely a biological concept. And next, Steer tells Dawkins, your books have been rather successful in proclaiming the message that Darwinism equals atheism. Actually, the author of The Origin of Species was always as reticent about pronouncing ultimate questions about the existence of God as he was about the origins of life. So Darwin didn't think his theory explained how life originated, just how it diversified into various species. Even in later editions of this book, Darwin said that he could see no good reason why the views given in this volume should shock the religious feelings of anyone. One Oxford professor told Darwin that his theory provided just as noble a conception of deity to believe that he created primal forms capable of self-development as to believe that he required a fresh act of intervention to supply the gaps which he himself had made. So, he thought God had probably used evolutionary processes to increase the number of species. Twelve years after the origin of species, Darwin published The Descent of Man. It included the words, I'm aware that the conclusions arrived at in this work will be denounced by some as highly irreligious. 
But he who denounces them is bound to show why it is more irreligious to explain the origin of man as a distinct species by descent from some lower form, through the laws of variation and natural selection, than to explain the birth of the individual through the laws of ordinary reproduction. The birth of both the species and the individual are equally part of that grand sequence of events which our minds refuse to accept as a result of blind chance. The understanding revolts at such a conclusion whether or not we're able to believe that every slight variation in structure, the union of each pair in marriage, the dissemination of each seed and other such events have all been ordained for some special purpose. I hadn't thought of it that way before. Dear writes, he makes a good point. When I was present at a North London hospital for the birth of my two sons, I remember thinking, what a marvellous miracle. Thank God for the gift of life. Indeed, I've never heard anyone exclaim, this natural process of childbirth which I'm witnessing removes the need for God. Darwin explained the origin of man through the laws of variation and natural selection and considered that this had no more religious significance for or against than the birth of a baby. This is hardly the philosophy of a man who, according to you, has made it easier to be an atheist. Some of my reading says that Darwin became an atheist later in life. Is that true? Darwin wrote that he had never been an atheist in the sense of denying the existence of God. He did express some uncertainty. He'd probably have been called an agnostic, a person who wasn't sure about God's existence. Darwin wrote, I cannot anyhow be contented to view this wonderful universe and especially the nature of man, and to conclude that everything is the result of brute force. Darwin continued, I'm inclined to look at everything as resulting from design laws, with the details, whether good or bad, left to the working out of what we may call chance. That's interesting. Darwin looked at everything as resulting from design in nature. In his autobiography, Darwin commented, Another source of conviction in the existence of God, connected with reason and not with feelings, impresses me as having much more weight. This follows from the extreme difficulty, or rather impossibility, of conceiving this immense and wonderful universe, including man, with his capacity of looking backwards and far into the future, as a result of blind chance or necessity. In other words, he said he couldn't imagine that the intricacy of nature could have originated by blind chance. And he thought the human ability to remember the past and plan for the future was another evidence of a God who had that ability and who shared it with mankind. Darwin concluded that paragraph when thus reflecting, I feel compelled to look to a first course having an intelligent mind in some degree analogous to that of man, and I deserve to be called a theist. So reason forced him to believe that someone with superhuman intelligence had made everything. By calling himself a theist, he described himself as someone who believed in God's existence. Deer points out another detail, but I hadn't read elsewhere. During the last 15 years of his life, Darwin made annual financial contributions to the South American Missionary Society. If he'd been an atheist, he certainly wouldn't have supported Christian activities. What convinced him to do that? 
he'd become an admirer of Christian missionary work during his voyage on the Beagle. The Beagle was the ship on which he travelled to the Galapagos Islands to research various species. You remember correctly. During that trip, he met Yagan Indians in the Tierra del Fuego part of Argentina at the southern tip of South America. Darwin said he was surprised at what he called their savage and wild appearance and uncivilised ways. Years later, he wrote to a friend that he was greatly surprised that this tribe had improved so greatly as a result of missionary efforts to evangelise and educate them. Dear reports, Darwin sent his final annual subscription to the South American Missionary Society a few weeks before he died, with a cover note that commented, Judging from a missionary journal, the mission in Tierra del Fuego seems going on quite wonderfully well. Hardly the words of a man whose faith in God had been dramatically shattered, or who had opened for the world a path to atheism. Those are facts that weren't in the book I was reading. It sounds as if Richard Dawkins wanted to strengthen his case for atheism by omitting some important facts. Roger Steer has researched the real facts in his book Letter to an Influential Atheist, and we shall continue discussing that book in our next episode. Has today's programme brought a question to your mind? If so, we'd like to hear from you. If you want to email us, our address is testtube at radio882.com. That's testtube at radio882.com. You may also write our postal address at P.O. Box 4320, Bangalore 560043, India. Once again, that's P.O. Box 4320, Bangalore 560043, India. Either way, we would be honored to hear from you and know what you're thinking and answer any questions that you might have. And before we close, I want to invite you to join us the next time for Truth in the Test Tube.